Shape Pearls uh, from a brilliant album Fugalite and that was called Jesus Crooked Shadow and talking about shadows and things like that <laughs> we're just going to be coming on to the subject of sort of narcissism which isn't quite shadow but we're, um, uh, welcome uh, Mr David Stone, hello. Hello Steve. <laughs> um, it's always a great pleasure to have you here, I thought uh, the last session that we had um, was extraordinary and uh, really profound and it's uh, you know, had uh, many uh, great feedback. Oh, so, thank you. Um, so this week, we've got narcissism. We we have indeed. Um, but, but not the thing that people would probably expect. Yeah, I think what I'd like to sort of cover today with you is is narcissism as a whole topic area. So starting with some healthy aspects of it, and then we'll progress in these next 10-15 minutes into the unhealthy aspects of narcissism and then like what are the kind of facets and what is the progression of it being in a relationship with someone who's narcissistic on perhaps a more malignant aspect of the scale and then how do we recover because a lot of the literature that I read is all very heady it's intellectual it's all out of manuals in the psycho psychiatrists American Association and it just actually makes me feel even more anxious just reading it well that makes sort of sense to me so uh, I, and I like this sort of uh, umbrella view uh, of everything and it's yeah. uh, it's uh, where we can tune into it so um, so define you know what, what do we see on a daily basis what, what goes on well um, just to bring it back not narcissism in its healthiest orientation like what you see is is absolutely essential so it's part of the natural development of a child all of us have to go through our narcissistic phase it's when um, it's when we, we are fused with mother and our sense of self is part of her sense of self and she kind of guesses our needs and intuits our needs. And then it's as we separate out and individuate and objects of desire, things external to us, and we start to want them, that, that the narcissistic aspect becomes operative in a child. And so it's actually part of our character formation to work through narcissism and have an understanding of how it works in our in our beingness so that we can get what we need so what you see in a child is in the brainstem that's the development say between the years of naught to two where the most of the brainstem in the in the part of the nervous system is developed and then the limbic part of the brain surrounds the core of the brainstem and that's probably you know you start to develop emotions ages two to six and then ages six to ten the neocortex and these are the three parts of the brain where certain developmental issues set in and we'll come back to that in the discussion but I just wanted to lay the foundation and so as we're growing we we develop ego drives um, we learn about attachment or we form attachment bonds sometimes these are around intimacy and mothering and our ability to connect deeply with another we develop interpersonal boundaries and understanding and negotiating our needs, our desires, our wants, and also conflict around that. So this is all about the character formation and how narcissism is, is fundamental to that formation of who we are. Right. I, I, I get that. I get that. And so we all have many deficits and gaps. So, you know, in, our, in these three stages of brain development, there's different facets where we're not complete. And so the gaps in our development caused by neglect, trauma, culture, 
questionable 1970s parenting techniques of leaving, <laughs> ch leaving children at the end of the garden to cry themselves to sleep. And so what I'd like to do is make this a person-centred discussion so it's not about the evil narcissist, because that actually doesn't lead to any healing or growth. Because when we bring the discussion back to ourselves, then, and what our part is and what our healing is, then we've got some control of our, of our own feelings yeah. and our emotions. And, and that's part of what happens when people feel they've been in a narcissistic relationship. They lose control. Right. So, um, of course, that's the other end of the scale. That's where mm. we're going to go next week, really, to, 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 to do that. Because, uh, obviously, many people suffer in toxic relationships and things that stem from childhood. Uh, needs uh, that haven't been met. Absolutely, and so we're seeking to get our needs met, which is a very healthy aspect, but we're doing it in a way where we're not coming from a place of completion in ourselves. So we're seeking parts of ourselves from another. And so unhealthy narcissism, just to give you a bit of an, underst an understanding, is when you're self-centred, exploitative, unconcerned with another's feelings, purposefully manipulative, and projecting undesirable parts of yourself into another so accusing them of things tripping them up into feeling things it's those sorts of things and we it's massively on the increase as well yeah, with I've noticed that. and why is that well in a way it's always been there but our culture has magnified it through social media through our social mobility um, and you know, there's been an interview of college students in America between 1970 and, and, and now, and it, you know, a lot more people are declaring themselves narcissistic. Right, they're actually declaring it. That's interesting that they declare it. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting revelation. I didn't know that. So, you know, one of the things about um, being falling victim to narcissistic abuse in another, we look at the brain development and you have fight, flight, freeze as a as the sort of natural reptile part of the brain but there's a fourth area that's really important for understanding why you might engage with narcissists and this part is fawn f-a-w-n which is to be obedient suggestible over tolerant and acquiesce your boundaries to another and this invites in somebody who impinges and pushes over on your boundaries. Ah, so that's the empathic role, isn't it? That's what, yeah. and, and that, you know, from an empathy point of view, somebody that's got great empathy, perhaps too much empathy, it's sort of the same, um, sort of same deficiency in many ways, it's just balanced in the wrong direction. In, but it looks like in the right direction. Absolutely, and, and so that's like blood to a shark. It can smell it a mile off, and so it attracts a narcissist to you. You know, and that tends to be, like you say, with someone who's empathetic, giving, loving, and doesn't have any boundary around that because of this acquiescing quality of fawning that's, that's programmed very deeply into the kind of core brainstem. So it's a very, sort of very uh, almost automatic way of being in relationships. So we almost set ourselves up. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and that's, I suppose, well, of course, that'll be next week when uh, there's a early uh, early warning signs of, of all that where there's a relationship or potential developing we can trip up quite easily because we're we're fawning we're actually going over ourselves to to please the other person and yes and then yeah. they mirror that uh, in the same way so therefore they're then captured into that relationship and actually 
Would that be right? Yeah, you've just um, nailed really what, I mean, just to bring us on to the, s the sort of six stages of, of getting into a relationship with a narcissist, it's, we're looking for um, love, appreciation, approval, sex, intimacy, maybe a business partner who we admire. So we're looking for something. So they see that. And like you say, those parts of us aren't fully formed. So they can come over the boundary and see what we're lacking and mirror it back to us. Mirror that love, mirror that approval, mirror that strength. And then we're in the seduction part of the face. So number one is the seduction where they're very charming people, someone with strong narcissistic drive, very, they're very alluring, self-confident, self-assured, assertive, quite strongly bounded because they, they're, they're into the take. Um, and can appear generous, but really that's just the mirror of your own generosity, your own love, that they're just showing you. The, 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 it's almost like they're showing you, the you you should be falling in love with, yeah, not so them. they're actually falling in love with themselves rather than this encaptured characteristic that's uh, with those behaviour patterns. Absolutely. And so they'll show that constantly, I would, I would imagine. Yes, like Narcissus, the yeah. you know the Greek mythical character who was a hunter, and um, Echo, the forest sea nymph, she fell in love with him, and he rejected her, and um, what that did was it led to her becoming very upset and hiding out in the woods where only an echo could be heard, and um, the goddess, um, one of the archetypes of the goddess, Nemesis, she saw this and wasn't very happy in the way that. Um, Narcissus had behaved, this dashing young man, and she'd noticed a lot of people around him had got sick and committed suicide, so she was like, right, he's going to get it. So she, she waited for him to approach a pond um, when he was on the hunt looking for a drink of water, and she cast a spell. And in that spell, he fell in love with his own reflection. And so he couldn't actually find a partner because he was only ever interested in, in his own beautiful self who he thought was his partner ah, right, very good. and he was condemned to a life of aloneness and his passion wilted and he died and turned into a white and gold flower a daffodil which is a narcissus oh very good very good i love that <laughs> and so you look at that quality of seduction and um <clears throat> what comes next is the bonding so there's this charm offensive and they're intended to make you fuse together. And if you're not holding your boundaries clearly and strongly, you don't notice that it's not an authentic, empathic love coming towards you. It's more someone mirroring your own qualities of love back to you right. and your own needs. So it's that chameleon. Is that, um, I'm just trying to think, yeah, there are many people though that do naturally mirror, you know, get to mm. empathic souls come together yeah. and, and they are absolutely matched. Yeah. Um, but, but we could be in danger of one suspecting the other one being in that place. Yes. You know, so and that, how do we overcome that? Well, that's what happens to people who've been um, abused and come out of narcissistic relationships. They lose that trust. Right. They lose the ability and they're, they're, they're traumatised by it. And so what starts to happen, what you can notice is it's the pushing of boundaries. It's the little put-downs. It's the comparing you to other people, other things unfavourably. It's projecting feelings onto you that you don't own and accusing you of it. It's these shaming, abandoning, rejecting qualities. And it's, it starts to take away from you. It takes away your joy, takes away your essence of feeling good about yourself. Ah, now that's key. 
I mean, I, I, I get that. I totally mm. get that, and I, that's key. Um, and that we can sort of do next week, can't we? As yeah. Well, we can talk about that next week. Well, it, it's the dismiss and devalue, and we'll come on yeah. to that next week. But it's, it shows that they're actually incapable of loving another person. And they're cast in this taking and uh, sort of shaking you down for all they can get. And it's never going to change. One of the biggest myths is, oh, I can change the person. But they are set in stone. Right, okay. And um, how you feel isn't important to them. No. Uh, they're unconscionable. They don't have a, an empathy to, to take your feelings into account. That's interesting. Um, and also that leaves the, uh, the other person or in, in any relationship in that feeling quite empty, really. Mm. And, uh, and then they maybe try and overcompensate by again uh, going on the same pattern of trying to please and yes. it's actually um, energetically it must be very draining. Yes and I think part of that problem is is the desire to try and fix the relationship to to sort of compensate like you say for all the aspects that, that you aren't receiving and to try and give when you're a giver you try and g- keep giving where you're not receiving. Yeah, no, I get that. That's really really interesting. So coming back to then healing it's really very much about realizing your part in it and starting to clarify what you've actually been through and owning some of, some of the experiences and naming them. Having someone safe to speak to, you can name what you've experienced and have that validated because there's a lot of victim bashing when you've been victimized and you don't have that period where you can actually come to terms with what's happened to you before you can then look at what your role was, it, was in it. But some tips to take away as we're coming towards the end is it's about owning your space. It's about staying in your skin and knowing who you are. So having someone to help you define your good qualities, your good points, and where, where things that happened to you were just not okay. So you take an inventory of what your, what you, where you stand and what you will stand for. And so then you can notice when someone steps over that and how they step over it and how you get triggered and then how you then drop your boundaries and drop standing up for yourself. Brilliant. Mm. Brilliant. I love it. And that's very, very clear to uh, anybody that's listening. That's, uh, you know, it's a fantastic way to, to really get to understand uh, what you're dealing with. Yeah, uh, we've looked at the healthy side and unhealthy side. Now, uh, where can people go to get some uh, information from you? Yes, um, I'm on Facebook under David Stone, and also I've got a website called EmbodiedSoulAwakening.com, and there it's very much talking about the embodiment and the coming into your own sense of self and healing some of these um, developmental issues in the brain, in the brainstem, in the neocortex, and in the 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 other aspects of our consciousness where these things can seep into us. Yeah, uh, brilliant. Uh, David, it's always an immense pleasure. Uh, I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed that. Thank you very much for making things extremely clear. And, uh, and I look forward to next week's instalment. Thank you very much for and having thank, me. Thank you. No, I can't.